Hi, Karibu sana. Welcome, uh, Pastor Joseph Kahuo Gatoto. Yet another Friday that God has blessed us with and given glory for that. And today we'll be continuing with what I started uh, yesterday, which has to do with taxonomy. But I mentioned a little bit uh, yesterday that uh, what we looked at yesterday and what I taught about taxonomy is just uh, an introduction. And then I mentioned that it's an introduction to what I'm actually dealing with today and to what we'll be dealing with today, what uh, the Lord has prepared for us this particular day. So before we go on, uh, thank you for following the teachings and thank you so much for those who've been commenting and also those who've been checking out the books on Amazon, Book Dispository, etc. And just checking them out a little bit in terms of even, uh, you know, just seeing what are the tables of content in terms of the books and also reading a little bit uh, of what uh, Amazon presents as what you can actually, uh, what they call samples, the samples of the book. So God bless you so much for that. Uh, let's just go ahead uh, for a word of prayer. Father, we thank you in Jesus' name. I bless you for everyone listening to this right now, Jehovah God, on Facebook Live, on YouTube, Baba Father, even on uh, the podcast on the various platforms, Spotify, uh, Radio Republic, Almighty God, Google Podcast, Baba Father, Anchor, and all the other various types, Jehovah God, of platforms, oh Lord. And I pray in Jesus' name that your presence will become an actuality, Jehovah God, that they will not just uh, hear me speaking about you, but that, Abba Father, the words of my mouth will radiate, Jehovah God, your presence, that your life will radiate through my spiritual mighty God. So I give myself to you, O Lord, I give my tongue to you, Lord, that you use me as you find pleasing, Almighty Father. I thank you, I give you glory, and I bless you, Almighty God. We pray for more of you. And for favor, Jehovah God, may your presence, Jehovah God, be experienced through your radiations in Jesus' mighty name. We thank you, Lord. We thank you, Lord. Re-energize those around me, Almighty God. I pray for a resurgence, Jehovah God, a resurgence, Almighty God. Imagine our understanding, Father God, in Jesus' name. Amen, amen. So today we're talking about the principles of creation. Uh, Genesis 1.1, the word of God says that in the beginning God created heavens and earth. In the beginning God created heavens and earth. Now that is taking us to a moment in eternity past where God had already created creation in himself. But in order for God to have created creation in himself, uh, there, there is a particular moment in eternity past where God conceptualized the idea of creation. And when it comes to creation, any creation, whether it is the whether it is the creation of man or the creation of other entities uh, belonging to other realms or the creations of the being of God and from the person of God, there are two places. Uh, the first place is we have the realm. Thank you so much, Joe Kennedy. Good to see you, Apostle. Uh, the first place that we have. We have the realm. Uh, we have the realm of creation and we have the realm of uh, manifestation. And the realm of creation has to do with uh, the first principle of, of, of creation. And the first principle of creation is the law of idealization. The law of idealization that the creation must first be conceptualized uh, in the mind of the creator before it is actually even generated from the creator himself. And while it is being generated in the creator, there is also a process of uh, generation in terms of the creation that there is the conceptualization of the idea, the law of the idealization, and the development of that particular.
particular creation that that has been conceptualized by the creator and that particular development requires contemplation so when god was creating adam when god was creating adam in eternity past when god was creating every bit of creation that we get to see him actualize and generate from himself in the uh, book of genesis chapter one god not only idealized that creation you just think about it he really also even spend a lot of uh, he spent a lot of moments in eternity past where he was uh, contemplating that particular creation so that that particular creation can be very distinct and separate so that it can be very distinct and separate so we see another law of creation and that law of creation is the law of particularity there's the law of idealization and there's the law of particularity. And the law of particularity simply says that the following, uh, that each and every single creature that is created must be distinct. Number one, it must be distinct from the creator. It must be distinct from the creator and it must be distinct in and of itself in terms of uh, when, it, when, it, when you now come to the grand scale of the creations, it must be very distinct, uniquely, uh, it must be uniquely set apart. It's might be something that it's one of a kind there is no other creation like that particular creation and it is from the law of particularity that we actually get taxonomy it is from the law of particularity that we get taxonomy because in the law of particularity uh, God created different types of creatures and different or different types of creations and these different types of creations contained different kinds of creations and the different kinds of creations contained different kinds within kinds of creations and it's from that that we get uh, taxonomy it is from that that we get taxonomy and when adam was naming the creatures as i mentioned yesterday there was a bit of uh, he needed to contemplate he was operating from the alpha dimension of god he was operating from the mind of god where he understood the expressions of god and he now named those particular expressions of god having an understanding of those particular expressions because every creation is an expression of the being that has, has actually created them so we get to see that's where we get uh, the law of particularity. From the law of particularity, we get to see taxonomy. And for instance, let me explain that a little bit. When you come to human beings, uh, human beings are a kind of creation within a type of creation that is known as beings, that is known as beings. And each and every single one of us falls under two, uh, falls under two kinds of, of, uh, of human being creations. Uh, the first one, we're either male or female, we're either male or female. But all men are the same but all men are not the same we are the same in as much as we are we are men but we are also distinct because there is no other Joseph there is only this one particular Joseph so I'm a kind within a kind within a type of create within a type of creation known as beings that God has created so you find that we even have a taxonomy of beings there is a taxonomy of beings and there is a taxonomy of plantations there is a taxonomy of uh, of animals there is a taxonomy of everything that god has created and this particular taxonomy has to do with the classification of the expressions of god so we find we have the law of idealization where god contemplated and constructed a reality in himself and having constructed that reality in himself god reviewed that particular construction in himself to make sure that it is according to his intent yes god does not make mistakes so when god was creating a particular particular creation when God was creating Joseph when God was thinking about Joseph when God was uh, thinking about Adam and he constructed Adam he 
In Adam, he put a specific and particular expression of himself. In Adam, he put a specific and particular expression of himself. And that particular expression that God put in Adam at the moment that God was contemplating Adam, that is the distinction that is contained in Adam. That is the distinction. That is the thing that sets Adam aside from every other human being that has existed up until this particular time and will exist from this particular time up until the end. Even when we have died and we've been raised from the dead and we'll have glorified bodies, there will be no one like you. You will be very distinct and very particular. So the law of particularity is actually a law that is permanent. It is a law that is permanent. It is a principle that... Uh, it is a principle that is permanent because distinctiveness is everlasting. Distinctiveness is everlasting. Distinctiveness is everlasting. There will be no other person like me. There will be no other person like you. And that particular distinction that has been generated in us, which is also a distinction that refers to what the Bible says in the book of Genesis, verse 21, uh, the book of Genesis, verse number 1, verse 26, 27. And God said, let us make man... Uh, in our own image and in our own likeness. So that particular distinction which was given to each and every single one of us is an expression of the image and likeness of God. So as much as we are distinct, there is also a commonality that all of us are created in the image and likeness of God. But there is a distinction of the expression of the image and likeness of God in each and every single one of us, which makes us a kind within a kind within a type of creation. So you get to see that the image of God and the expression of the image of God is, is actually infinite. It has infinite expressions. The very term being created in the image and likeness of God, it is a very compound term because in that being created in the image and likeness of God, there is an image and likeness of God in me that is common with everyone, but there is an image and likeness of God in me that is distinct from each and every other single person's image and likeness of God. As much as there is a common factor, there is also a distinct factor. As much as there is a common factor, there is also a distinct factor. And that takes us to another law or another principle of creation, the law of imprint. You have the law of imprint. And the law of imprint simply states the following, that each and every single creation from the creator carries an imprint of the creator. There is an imprint of the creator in what the creator generates because it has been generated from the creator it has been generated from the creator and when it is it is being produced it is being produced from the creator and as such it bears an imprint of the creator so when the bible says we are created in the image and likeness of god that is to tell us that we bear the imprint of god we bear the imprint of god and things that men have produced they bear the imprint of men they bear the imprint of men and things that the enemy produce and his kingdom produces they bear the imprint of the enemy which brings us to another thing uh, one of the things we have to know is that now the law of imprint produces what is commonly known as in terms to within the physical realm, which is also something that applies in the spiritual realm as the law of copyright. You have the law of copyright and the law of copyright simply protects. It protects and not only protects, but it identifies a specific work with a specific person because that work is an expression of the person and as such that work bears an imprint of the particular person. And 
if another person says that that work is their work, they will be breaching a cosmic law, which is the law of imprint from whence we get this particular law that is known as the law of copyright. So even in the whole created universes of God and the created realms of God, there is that particular law, the law of imprint. And the law of imprint applies a lot because one of the things that we have to understand as believers is the following that the things of the enemy the things that the enemy has generated and the things that bear his imprint they they become what is known as a uh, demonic paraphernalia or they become the prop they actually are the property of the enemy and when you read the bible in the book of joshua chapter 7 you find that achan took something that belonged to the kingdom of darkness and when he took that something and he brought it in the camp it brought defeat because the enemy could now access the camp the enemy could access the camp there was something unclean and that something unclean needed to be destroyed god didn't tell joshua who was a prophet to pray for it god told joshua to also to destroy that totally and completely and to destroy to destroy Achan alongside with that. Why? Because the things that have been produced by the enemy cannot be redeemed. Let me repeat that. The things that have been produced by the enemy, they cannot be redeemed. There are things we can redeem and sanctify, but there are things, no matter how much we pray, no matter how much we fast, we cannot sanctify them because of that particular law. The law of imprint that applies in the physical realm, but also applies in the spiritual realm, and even applies to the eternal realm that is the being of God, because God is the author of that particular law. And in him creating, he was using this particular principle and he was generating from this particular principle and not only this principle but he was also generating from the principle of particularity and was also generating from the principle of idealization so you find that it is because of the law of imprint and the lack of understanding of the law of imprint that the enemy has made his way excuse me that the enemy has made his way into the church and has actually even uh, gone into the altar and has defiled the altar through particular sounds because sounds are produced and when a sound is produced by a being that sound according to the principle of imprint that sound carries an imprint of the being that has produced it and it is their property it is their property whether it is stated or not stated it is their property and in the spiritual in the physical realm it is known to be their property so the moment we are in church and we are using secular sounds secular beats uh, to worship to worship God notice in quotes to worship God we are actually allowing the enemy to come in because whatever sound that has been produced by the enemy generates negative radiations and generates negative energy so the moment we have mixed the lyrics of the kingdom of God with the beats of with, the, with secular beats or beats which have been produced by the enemy. And the moment we are starting to sing, there is no mix between the two. God cannot mix himself with the kingdom of darkness. God cannot mix himself with the kingdom of darkness. These two cannot coexist. These two cannot be harmonized. They cannot be harmonized at all. So you find that the enemy will have access to the church. And when he has access to the church through these particular beats, he's going to defile the altar and not only defile the altar but is going to have access to men as well that is why it is very significant for us even when we are when we are worshiping to pay attention to pay attention to the sounds and to discern the sounds because when we fail to discern the sounds what is projected through the sounds will be actualized in us 
And the sound that becomes common to a house becomes a sound that changes the vibration of the house and changes the energy of the house. If the house was in a very high frequency in God, that particular frequency now begins to, uh, that house begins to descend in the being of God. And as they descend in the being of God, they reach a place where that house now begins to exist in a low frequency in God. And when it hits the lowest possible the lowest possible frequency in God and it descends down it now comes into a place that quote-unquote the safe zone but it's not really a safe zone and in the safe zone there is no ascending to infinity and there's no ascending to the kingdom of darkness so the church resides in a place of stagnation and when the church resides in a place of stagnation you find that now the enemy begins to work so that he can take the church into a place where now the church begins to exist in a negative vibration and in a, in a negative vibration which begins at a low frequency but with time with time the enemy consistently continues to um, uh, cause the church to ascend into a very high negative frequency. That is how the enemy has entered into churches and that is how the enemy has defiled churches and has put foreign altars, foreign portals in the church. And when he puts the foreign portals in the church, it takes discernment to know. It takes discernment to know why. Because where there is a foreign altar, the Spirit of God will be lifted. And when the Spirit of God has been lifted, there is going to be an operation of... Uh, an operation of the kingdom of darkness and by the kingdom of darkness that mimics the person of God, that mimics the person of God as it is written in scripture that uh, the kingdom of darkness and the ministers of Satan, they clothe themselves, they masquerade themselves as the, as the angels of light. So you find that there will be certain particular operations by the kingdom of darkness that will cause men to think that the spirit of God is still in the house, but the spirit of God already left and that house ceased to be God's house because a church can cease to be can cease to be God's house and it, it becomes a man's house and from becoming a man's house it can also become the house of an enemy so you find that a true church can actually through certain particular manipulations it can be taken into a place where now it ceases to be to be the church of God and becomes a very totally and different church which has a foreign portals and certain particular manifestations which are not of God though they resemble or rather they mimic uh, the operations of the being of God. So it's very significant for us as men of God and also as believers. Not every sound that comes with gospel uh, lyrics is actually a sound of worship. Not every sound is a sound of worship. Why? A sound of worship comes from the Spirit of God. It must be influenced by the Spirit of God. It must be a produce of the being of God. And if it is produced by man, it must be produced by man from the being of God so that it will carry the expression of infinity and contain the realities of infinity. Because in every sound, there is the transmigration of realities. In every sound, there is the transmigration 
transmigration of reality. So if it is a sound that is not with the being of God, a sound that has not been produced from a man or a woman that is residing in God, and if it is not from uh, within the Spirit of God, from the Spirit of God, and it does not contain the elements of divinity, then that does not qualify to be worship music. It does not qualify to be worship music. Even in terms of lyrics, if a sound fails, if a sound fails to have an imprint of God, that is to say, if a sound lacks theological correctness, if it does not reflect divinity according to the reality of divinity and the expressions of divinity, God is not in it because God would not misrepresent himself. So even sounds that qualify to be worshipped, they must have the imprint of God. Sounds that men create and call, you know what, worship music and so forth, it must carry the imprint of God. If it lacks the imprint of God, the reality of God and the reality of God, then that thing does not have God and it is not of God according to the law of imprint because it is what contains the expressions of a being, that is, it is what contains the imprint of a being that becomes connected to the being, having been produced from the being, it is connected uh, to the being and carries the realities of the being. So the law of imprint. That is why you find that when the Bible speaks about creation, somewhere in the in the Psalms, it says the following that creation proclaims, excuse me, that creation proclaims the I proclaims the marvels of God. It reveals the glory of God. Why? Because there is an imprint of God in what God has produced. Even in the seed that has been produced by God, there is an imprint. There is an imprint of God in it. And that is why when we study creation, when we study creation, ultimately creation points us back to God and points us back to the intelligence of God. Why? Because there is an imprint of God. There is an imprint of God, an imprint of the intelligence of God, which takes us to another another law, the law of design or the law of structure. The law of design or the law of of structure. Everything that is created is created with a design. Everything that is created is created with a design. In effect, what sets something aside within the law of particularity has to do with design. It has to do with design. So when God was creating Joseph, he put a specific expression of himself in Joseph. And that specific expression of God in Joseph that has to do with my personality according to the original self within original intent, that particular uh, expression of God in me, that is part of my design. It is part of my design. And because it is part of my design, it, it, it because it is part of my design, it sets me apart. Each and every single one of us, we have a specific soul structure, and in that soul structure are uh, there proclivities or propensities that God has put in us, and those propensities and proclivities they set us aside, and also the structure of our soul sets us aside. There is the original structure as intended and generated by the being of God according to the law of design. 
according to the law of design and this particular uh, and these particular propensities they are to aid us to fulfill the destiny that God has for us and they are also to aid us to reveal the being of God because these propensities are from eternity himself these propensities are from eternity himself and they are contained in us as part and parcel of our design as part and parcel of our design so you find that each and every single one of us we are designed in a very categorical way. We are designed in a very categorical way as kinds within a kinds within a type of creation that is known as human being. Uh, within a kind of creation known as human being, within a type of creation known as beings, we have this uniqueness in us that nobody else has. You have a uniqueness that nobody else has. Why? Because that has to do with the law of design or with the law of structure. And then we find something very interesting when you come to that that in creating us god god also put in us a propensity for eternity then that propensity for eternity uh, is a propensity that has to do with the imprint of god in us that the propensity of design has a lot to do with the imprint of god in us with the imprint of god in us so those are some of the of the principles of creation number one we have the principle of idealization number two we have the principle of particularity number three we have the principle uh we have the principle of imprint and number four we have the principle uh we have this particular principle as the principle of design and number five we have the principle of becoming we have the principle of becoming and everything that was generated by God was not but became and everything that became exists in the principle of becoming and the principle of becoming is also known as the principle of growth and the principle of growth is a principle that applies in the physical realm and in the spiritual realm because angels are becoming beings and men are becoming beings because all of us were not and we became and we became to become so we became to become and in becoming to become we became to become and that means that we became to become like the being of god so that we can reverberate god so that the expressions of god in us can be seen uh being a son means becoming in the image and likeness of god and ascending to higher dimensions of consciousness and to higher dimensions of existence within the being of god wherein there is an expression a greater expression of uh, a greater expression of god and only a greater expression of god but where we ascend to high frequencies within the being of God, where we are permeated more and more by the being of God in the being of God, because these permeations, they take place uh, uh, through eternal cycles and as they take place through eternal cycles it is so that God can become all in all in us and when God becomes all in all in us it's not that uh, the self is dissipated or the self ceases to exist rather that the self finds their full expression in the being of God so as God permeates us so that he can become all in all in us and so that uh, the self can be fully actualized in God and be fully expressed through the being of God uh, which will take an eternal what happens is that this self finds themselves in God and in these expressions of the self there is an expression of divinity within the expression of the self because that is how things are supposed to be within the structure of original intent that in every expression of the self there is an expression of divinity within every expression of the self because the man was created to be and to become in the image and likeness of God and men and women find their full expression in God the masculine and the feminine are, are, are 
actualized within the being of God and the full potential of the masculine of the masculine and the feminine which are expressions of God they are found in their fullness in the being of God and through the eternal permeations that happen through the linear cyclic principle man has man man finds themselves and they find their full expression in the being of God they find their full expression in the being of God which takes us to another principle of creation that we existing and we consistently operating which is the linear cyclic principle and the linear cyclic principle is found in the book of uh, Ecclesiastes chapter 1 verse 8 and the linear cyclic principle uh, excuse me and the linear cyclic principle uh, states the following that in order for us to become and in order for anything to uh, to grow it must consistently be becoming which is the law of repetition or the linear cyclic principle and the linear cyclic principle also says the following that progress is through repetition that's it progress is through repetition that is the linear cyclic principle but when you come to our souls and the structure of our souls our souls are designed to exist within the linear cyclic principle in the sense of the and they actually operate through the linear cyclic principle anything that exists in the principle of becoming exists through the linear cyclic principle especially when you come to beings that beings we exist in the linear cyclic principle and in order for us to become we become by consistently doing the same thing as we consistently do the same thing we ascend and as we ascend we produce from that which we have become to become according to that which we have become which is to become that which we are becoming within what we have become so the linear cyclic principle our souls exist in the linear cyclic principle whereby we find the following that our souls are consistently ever consuming but they do not become full the soul was created to consume the soul was created to consume but the soul was created to consume within the confines of divine civility for the sole purpose of reverberating divine civility uh, for excuse me for the sole purpose of reverberating divine civility and the only way to become it is through the linear cyclic principle so you find that the linear cyclic principle is contained within or rather works hand in hand with the becoming process whatever becomes becomes progressively and through repetition it becomes progressively and through repetition now that has to do with beings especially with beings that have been created in the image and likeness of God that are not operating in the uh, that are not operating or existing within the uh, the principle of eternity or the principle of infinity but being contained in God means that we are set to a place in God where we begin to operate uh, within the uh, within the principle of infinity and we find in scripture that Jesus operated in the principle of infinity uh, when Jesus fed the 5,000 and he gave thanks and he raised the meal up and all that and then down it fed a lot of people that has to do with the principle of infinity Elisha and Elijah are men that operated in the principle of infinity and men are able to operate in the principle of infinity because as we ascend high and high in the being of God to high frequencies within the being of God there are certain particular frequencies of God that are assimilated into us and the more they get assimilated into us through uh, these infinite cycles which also operate under the linear cyclic principle as it pertains to beings that have been called to reflect and reverberate the being of God 
to find that we become more and more like eternity, being assimilated into eternity and being reconfigured and restructured such that even our very words, they reverberate infinity, that when we speak there is that reverberation of infinity, that our very presence becomes a, 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 a reflection or rather becomes a mirror of the uh, uh, of the very presence of God that when you stand before because you carry the presence of God that the radiations from the being of God are increased because we do not radiate God the same way yes every believer has God in them but not every believer radiates God the same way and the reason why every believer does not radiate God the same way is because many are not becoming through the linear cyclic principle many are not becoming through the linear cyclic principle as we apply ourselves to the word and as we apply ourselves to fellowship with God and in seeking the being of God which is a consistent act which is a consistent act the radiations of God are increased in us and as the radiations of God are increased in us you find that a person will come close to us and will know why because every element of divinity upon the face of the earth is recognizable every element of divinity upon the face of the earth is recognizable so that has to do with the linear cyclic principle and that our souls exist within the linear cyclic principle whatever consumes to become and whatever consumes to exist uh, that particular conception is through the linear cyclic principle because that being or whatever it is that creation they exist within the linear cyclic principle they exist within the linear cyclic principle and the linear cyclic principle is very significant to our becoming process because whatever you want to become you must be consistently be becoming according to that which you have willed to become if you're not consistently becoming according to that which you will to become then you will not become that which you have willed to become and you need to consistently will to become that which you have willed to become so that you can exist in the actuality of that particular reality that you have chosen for yourself what you have chosen to become either within the confines of original self or within the confines of probable self or outside the confines of probable self and outside the confines of original self which takes us to the foreign self because there are three versions of you uh, you can find that teaching on the YouTube channel. So you find that you need to consistently will to become. And as you consistently will to become within the confines of divine civility, you become more and more like God. And the radiations of God in you are increased. The energy of God in you is increased. And there is an assimilation of higher frequencies of God in you, which causes your frequency and yourself and the vibrations from you are to be high. Because we have high vibrations and we have low vibrations from high frequencies and low frequencies of existence within the being of God and even outside the being of God in as much as it relates to the negative uh, to the negative energy and to the negative uh, frequency so again we have the linear cyclic principle uh, we have the uh, design principle or the law of pattern then we have the uh, then we also have the uh, law of idealization then we have the law of particularity and in the law of particularity we've also talked about the principle of becoming and those five they are principles of creation that when God was creating us he was creating us in himself through himself by himself uh, for himself that God generated us to exist within the linear cycle principle to exist within the principle of becoming so you find that all of these things we were created 
according to these principles in the mind of God and who are generated in these principles, from these principles, by these principles, through the word of God, from the word of God, by the word of God, by God himself, without any point of reference. And God generated us and we became from the realm of creation that is God himself to the realm of manifestation that is the physical realm and then also we have another principle are uh, the principle the atmospheric and environmental principle the atmospheric and environmental principle because every creature that has been created and every being that has been created and every creation they must exist in their own realm they must exist in their own realm and when we talk about an environment we are speaking also about a realm because an environment is contained within a realm so when uh, when god created first god created in he created our he created us in himself then god also generated uh, the realm of our existence but he didn't just generate the realm of our existence he also generated the atmosphere uh, for our existence within the realm and generated an environment within the realm and every environment that we exist in and every environment that beings exist in it must be an environment that contains the essentials of the existence of that particular being because because an environment is for providence. An environment is for providence. Not that the environment pro, uh, provides, rather that God provides through the environment. But God does not need uh, anything to provide. This is just how God has appointed things to exist. And from how God has appointed things to exist, uh, beings exist in an environment. And not only in an environment, but beings also exist in an atmosphere. Each and every single one of us, we exist in an atmosphere. So this is the atmospheric and environmental principle. And when you talk about an atmosphere, an atmosphere is uh, the, an atmosphere is an essential of life. An atmosphere is an essential of life. In an atmosphere, there is the uh, there is that which is necessitated for existence to continue. There is that which is necessitated for life to continue. Where there is no atmosphere, there is no life. Where there is no atmosphere, there is no life. And when the atmosphere changes, the environment changes. And when the environment changes as a result of the atmospheric changes, you find that uh, the life of the beings within the environment is also going to be is also going to change and is also going to be affected. It's going to be affected. And I've talked about these uh, uh, when I've taught about, uh, you know, scientific battles against mankind. And I've talked about this in spiritual warfare. Uh, so when these atmospheric changes take place, I find that uh, the requirements or I find that the life, the essence of life, those things which are uh, the prerequisites of life, that's the right word, the prerequisites of life, that there is also a shift and there is also a change. And when there is a change in the atmosphere, the beings and the creatures in the atmosphere can die when the atmosphere ceases to be conducive, when the atmosphere is, uh, when the atmosphere can no longer habitate life, when the atmosphere can no longer habitate life, which in essence also means that the environment cannot also contain life and when the atmosphere and the environment can cannot contain life then there is no life then there is no life totally and completely there is no life at all 
and each and every single one of us, we have an atmosphere, and that specific atmosphere that we have is what is known as an aura. An aura is a person's atmosphere, and each and every single one of us, we have our specific atmospheres. And there is an atmosphere that you were generated in, and there is an atmosphere that you exist in. And this atmosphere that you exist in carries the reverberations of your energy and carries the vibrations uh, of your frequency. So there is a radiation of us in our auras there are radiations there are radiations there are radiations of energy are uh, there radiation are uh, there vibrations and all those things so you find there is a vibration in our aura but there is also and the vibrations in our aura then also there is of course our uh, energy there is the uh, there is the radiation of energy but at the same time there is also the radiation of light there is also the radiation of light if a person is existing within uh, within divine civility there is the radiation of light but each and every single particular aura is specific and distinct no other person has your aura because your aura also comes with the realities that are attached to you it comes with the realities that are attached to you and there are people that are able within the confines of divine civility there are people that are able to read auras and the people that are able to understand auras not only even within divine uh, within divine civility but also in the kingdom of darkness there are people that are able to read auras and when they read auras they are able to see certain particular realities that are being generated by this particular person within their atmosphere that are being generated by a person within the atmosphere because when you come and you talk about an, a person's specific atmosphere it is the radiation of their life and the radiations from their life the energy the light uh the en the energy the light and the vibrations the energy the light the vibrations and even the breath there is that particular that particular reality of of the uh, particularity of these four uh, four elements of existence in a person they are radiated within their aura and they're contained within their aura and even a person's atmosphere has layers a person's atmosphere has layers and if for instance a person is struggling with or a person is going through rejection a person is going through being despised all those things uh you know and even a person is struggling with lust and so forth and things which have to do with the negative energy every negative reality comes with, with its own specific uh with its own specific aura and that specific aura or that specific energy uh that specific energy becomes part and parcel of that person's atmosphere and when they become part and parcel of that person's atmosphere you find that that person's uh energy the energy they radiate becomes more negative and their aura even becomes more negative but if it is a person that exists within divine civility the more they ascend in god the more layers the more layers within divine civility uh, is actualized in their own specific auras. So you find there are certain particular at, that in God we have atmospheres. We have atmospheres. There is the atmosphere of God. But according to people and how people exist in God, that every atmosphere of a person in God has different layers of the atmosphere of God, has different layers of the atmosphere of God. And these layers are according to the realities that they exist in. And they graces within the respective atmosphere of God that they exist in because every dimension of existence in God and every level of existence within the dimension in God comes with a specific 
comes with a specific aura, with a specific atmosphere, within the confines of divine civility, within the confines of divine civility. And that's why sometimes you hear, uh, you've probably had this said to you, if it has not been said to you, maybe it will be said to you. Where a person will look at you and tell you, hey, you're glowing, you're glowing. And I'm not talking about that glowing that has to do with pregnancy. No, there are people that are able to read auras. They look at a person and they see the radiations from their aura, that there is light being radiated. There's this light that they are just radiating and so forth. And when light is radiated, light is radiated from our inmost being. Not something that we're going to talk about uh, because I've mentioned something that whatever is life is breath, it is sound, it is light, and it is energy. And we're going to talk about that. So I, I pray that the teaching has been a blessing to you. And if you have any questions, please just feel free to drop them there. Uh, if there's something you want me to expound on and to explain, uh, please uh, feel free. And also, when you come to beings, let me add this, when you come to beings, there's the principle of sovereignty or the principle of free will but you're going to look at those things at another time the principles that govern the existence of beings because you have principles that govern the existence of beings and we're going to talk about that some other time probably next week as the lord leads so i pray that the teaching has been a blessing may you be blessed may you have a wonderful night and i pray that god visits you this night and that god speaks to you please feel free to ask questions if you have any particular question if there was something that wasn't clear I can, you know, I can just expand on it as, as aided by the being of God and the person of God. I pray that you have a wonderful night. May God bless you and increase you in Jesus' name. Amen.